Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 90 of Chatter from the Cheap Seats. My name is Jack Feldman. I am here alongside my co-host, Sandy Krimstein. First time in a while, we are both here together at the same time recording a podcast. But better late than never. Sammy, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well. I'm excited to be back recording. It has been, I mean, it's probably been a good like three months mm-hmm. since we've been here doing this together. So I'm excited to be back. It has been a um, junior year. Uh, don't sleep on junior year, people. That, that's all I'm going to say. That, that, that's the main reason, uh, for me at least, why I, it's, Busy it's year. Been tough to find time to record. I'm sure, Jack, the same goes for you. I mean, it's, it's just a lot of stuff going on junior year, classes and, you know, SATs and all, all that stuff. But it's spring break, got some time. So you know I'm here ready to talk some sports because I have I found time in increments to watch sports you know I've been following my cubbies of course watching some baseball over spring break so uh, basketball NBA playoffs on my tv as we speak um getting started today so I'm excited to talk some sports because it's been a while man how how, how are you doing it's it's been a while how are you doing Jack it's been a and while. I'm ask. I'm doing good. I'm doing real good, man. I'm going to the Yankees Orioles game tonight. Just a that brutal loss for the Yankees last night. Brutal we'll get loss. into that a little bit later. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Hopefully not, because I don't want to have to talk about that again. That was just uh oh. Chapman walk off walk. That was brutal. Not good. But no. Excited no. to go to the game tonight, and let's kick it off, Sammy. What do you want to talk about first? You know what I want to talk about first, Jack. What? I want to talk about the Yankees-Orioles game last night first. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Let's do it. Let, you know what? Sometimes, Jack, you know, you just got to gotta stick the knife in the wound. You just got to end, the, you gotta end the, your misery sometimes. Here's what I will say. Anybody that's blaming this game on Aurelius Chapman just doesn't know what they're talking about. He was put in with one out in the ninth inning facing or the 11th inning excuse me facing Cedric Mullins one of the best hitters in the league struck him out and then proceeded to throw two strikes to the next batter that were called balls and ended up walking him after really throwing four strikes in that at bat now I'm not blaming the ump who was horrible by the way but I'm not blaming him the sole blame for this game should be placed on the Yankees offense that is it how is it possible, Sammy, that you throw you score one run against the Baltimore Orioles? The Baltimore Orioles, Sammy. Tell me how that's possible. My team, Bullis Baseball, Quince Orchard Baseball, will score more than one run against the they had Jordan Lyles on the mound. Jordan Lyles, Sammy. If your name is Jordan Lyles, you're just not a good pitcher per the Damn. rules of baseball. Wow. That's just how it works. That's how it works. I'm you sorry. I'm sorry. Lyles. I'm sorry, Jordan Lyles. I'm not trying to be wow. mean. That's just how it works. Sammy, those are the rules. If you're wow. facing a pitcher named Jordan Lyles, you have to put up more than one run. That's just how it works. Here, here's what I'll say. You, you, you got to hit better than that. I mean, I, I, I guess I don't really have too much to add. 
Um, I, I, I think there is part of the blame that has to go not to Chapman, but to the bullpen. And I, it's tough though, because yeah, yeah bullpen has been the best bullpen in baseball. They've been incredible. So I don't, I don't really think you can blame the bullpen. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, cause I mean, yes. I mean, the bullpen does blow that game. And I think Chapman, you know, he, he had the outing the other day where he, what, he walked like what four straight guys or what, like three straight guys. And then he comes out and, you know, he does a good job. He strikes out Mullins, but with Chapman, he just seems a little bit afraid of his fastball. Um, I, he, I, cause on that three, two count, I mean, Chapman, who's a fastball guy, he's been in his, his entire career. And what do you give him? You give him a slider. He misses his spot drastically. And like, I'm not, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. It wasn't Chapman's fault that game, but he was a pitch away from giving the offense another chance to go out there and get some runs. Um, but instead of going to his pitch that has worked for six, seven years, his fastball, he goes to his slider. He's not feeling confident with that fastball. And that is a little worrisome, but at the end of the day, you're right. You're facing Jordan Lyles, an Orioles pitching staff in a bullpen that, I mean, they literally had to move the fence back to try and give him a chance this year at Camden Yards. They're really bad. And yeah, you're going to have your off nights, but you, you can't score one run. I mean, you just can't, especially in the a division rival. You, you, you can't do that. I mean, three, four runs should not be too difficult if you're the Yankees. I now, mean, I'm not so going to overreact, Sammy. I'm not going to overreact to this game. Like, Yankee fans are acting like it's the end of the world. In reality, it's like, will. what, eight games into the season? It's April 16th. Like, if we're if, let's win the next two games of the series, and then who cares? But on the other side of the coin, these games against the Orioles are just as important as games against the Rays and the games against the Blue Jays because the winner of the AL East is going to be the team that can beat the Orioles the most the team that can beat up on the Orioles. That's just a fact. That's how it works. So frustrating loss, but back at it tonight, I will be in the building, Camden Yards. Very excited about that. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. Let's just go around the horn, Sammy, around the league. Let's pick a division, any division. You know, I'm going to go with a division that I think is very interesting. I'm sure you think it's very interesting too, Jack. And I'm curious what you think. The NL East, because here's a division where – I think there are four teams that are legit, but I'm sure you can make an argument that there are five teams in that division that have somewhat of a chance to get in the playoffs, especially with the expanded postseason. So, Jack, what are your thoughts? Right now, the Mets are looking like the team, but, you know, it's April. But, you know, the Mets, they're looking legit right now in that division. But what, what are your thoughts overall on that NL East? Sammy, I disagree with you a little bit here. I don't think that I think the Mets are going to run away with this division. I really do. I think the the only playoff teams in this division are the Mets and the Braves. I do not think the Phillies are going to make the playoffs. I think their outfield is just a horrendous. I mean, they have to mash, man. Kyle Schwarber, Bryce Harper, and Castellanos. Like that's just defensively, that is comical. So I'm not a huge fan of what the Phillies are doing, the makeup of their team. 
The Braves, I think, will be a playoff team, but I think the Mets are going to win the division. We've seen DeGrom goes down. They just have so much depth in their pitching staff. Tyler Meagle, who we'll get to a little bit later in the show, has been lights out for them. And they're just all around. Their bullpen is really good. Their lineup is really good. Their rotation is really good. They're just a solid team. I, I agree. I think this is the year where the Mets, I, I don't think it's a runaway by any stretch, by any definition of the word, but I think they put together finally a club where it's like, because I feel like the past three, four years, even every year, it's like the Mets, they finally put together this team and then they, they disappoint. And then it's like a cycle. They finally put together a team and then the same thing happens again. I think that this year is different because it's not just they brought in a few stars here and there. They have depth. They have the stars that they brought in, but, you know, they brought in a lot of good arms. And that's huge because the scary thing was going to be if a lot was going to have to ride on DeGrom and Scherzer being healthy. And they're not going to be healthy all year. They're like, DeGrom's a little younger, but like Scherzer's approaching 40 years old. So health is no guarantee for either of those guys. They needed that pitching depth, and they got it. Uh, Tyler McGill, the rookie, he's having a very uh, nice start to his uh, tenure as a Met. I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. Chris Bassett, Carlos Carrasco. You, you have guys you can rely on besides the top of the rotation pieces. And, of course, once DeGrom gets back, imagine how much better you are going to be if you're the Mets. And offensively, they're just playing situational baseball. They have a lot of, like I already mentioned, a lot of guys who can hit. A lot of depth. Depth, depth, depth. And that's what I keep thinking of when it comes to the Mets that these other NLEs teams just can't really compare. A team, though, Jack, that I do want to mention is being slept on. We kind of forgot about them. Uh, the Marlins. This might be, a, you know, a little bit of a hot take here, but I think they're going to be the second place team in this division. I think they're going to finish above the Braves. That's a hot take. My God. I think they're going to be above the Braves. I think they're going to be above the Phillies. Yeah, they have the, I, I, the main thing when it comes to the Marlins is obviously going to be the pitching and it blows any of these teams out of the water. I think they have more depth than even the Mets do. The top of the rotation pieces aren't quite there, but they have like six or seven guys that when healthy, you can rely on to be rotation pieces. And the Mets can say that maybe none of the other teams in that division can even come close to that. And these are guys that are ascending guys that are just now hitting their primes. So the potential there with that starting rotation is unbelievable. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, who's gotten off to a nice start. Pablo Lopez, who's been early on one of the best pitchers in baseball. Lazardo, who had a rough year last year, right? But I think he's finding his form again, a lefty in that rotation. is going to be ridiculous. Another lefty, Trevor Rogers, and Sixto Sanchez. His injury situation is, you know, TBA. We'll see what happens. But if you can throw him back in maybe July, August, wow. I mean, those are five great pitchers. And you're all, offensively, they're not too bad either. They brought in some good guys, Soler. Uh, they brought in Avisayal Garcia, who's a bat I liked from the Brewers last year. Joey Wendell, who is a great defender as well as a solid hitter. Um, this is a pretty well-rounded team. I didn't even talk about Jazz Chisholm, who is so fun to watch. He but is. 
you know, they remind me a lot of the Brewers last year, this Marlins team. They could have a great rotation and enough bats in that lineup that can keep them going and keep them in ball games. Um, but the fact is they're always going to be in ball games because of the rotation. So that's my little rant about the Marlins, Jack. But I seriously think they can finish above the Braves and the Phillies. I agree with you that, you know, that's a hot take. I think that's all we're going to agree on for that take. Let's move on to the NL Central, Sammy. This division hits close to home for you. The Cubs, they're not going to be – this isn't the year they're going to go out and make a deep playoff run, but they're not going to be terrible. They have some guys. They have Ian Happ, Seiya Suzuki. You know, they have, um, I'd say, not a good rotation, but – you know, a much better rotation than last year. Yeah, Kyle Kyle Hendricks lot. is there. Marcus Stroman is there. Wade it's Miley solid. Is healthy. You're you're not going to be the Pirates. You're not going to be the Orioles. You're going to have some fun watching this team, and that's exciting. The Cardinals. That is exciting. The Cardinals and the Brewers, though, are the two cream of the crop teams in this division. And hey, look, I I think the Brewers think... are poised to make a World Series run, Sammy. I think they're going to be, you know, I'm just, I'm not sure. I I think the the NL central is a good division or that's not what I meant to say. The NL central is probably the worst division in baseball. It's a a division. It's not a good division. It's a division. I I don't know why I said that Jack, but um, I would say the AL central is still the worst. I have a very, yeah, I, I think it's, it's not too far though. And for that reason, I don't think you can go giving this division to anybody. Don't even throw the Cubs out there. I mean, the Cubs have a much better rotation last year, and they have some guys who've been getting it done on the offensive side so far. And I I, I just – it's tough to put any team over these other teams because I think lineup-wise, the Cardinals have the advantage. But their rotation has question marks. Outside of Miles Michaelis and uh, Adam Wainwright, I don't really know who to rely on, and that could really hurt them, uh, especially late in the year if some of those guys end up going down. The Brewers, they have the three-headed monster, but if one or two of those guys isn't quite as great as they were last year, which is very possible, it's hard to replicate that from last year. They don't have the offensive firepower that they did last year. I'm not counting on Yelich to really bounce back. He's just had a rough go of things since 2019. So, like, it's just – I'm not saying that the Brewers are bad, and I think they can make a deep playoff run if those three pitchers get back to where they were last year. But as we've seen, you know, the Cubs won that opening series against the Brewers, and it was because they got to those pitchers. They got to Woodruff. They got to Freddie Peralta. Burns pitched all right, but they were able to stay in that game, and they won that game. So, at the end of the day, it's like I, I think the Brewers are probably the favorites, but they're definitely the well, favorites. They're my favorites, Sammy. I think this team could make a deep playoff run. Like I said, I think this team—I don't know—I think this team can win a World Series, Sammy. That's how I far was, I'm going to go. Because look at this, man. I was thinking about their that. rotation: Woodruff, Burns, Peralta, Hauser, Smalls, Lord. Like that's a that's wait wait wait. A uh, top, the top three is good. But yeah, then it, it takes Houser's, a huge hit. Houser, Houser had a good is year last year. A solid he's four. Been a very a solid four. 
he's a solid four, but nothing that blows your mind out. And like, if he can like, put up like a mid four ZRA for you, that's all you need. Eat some innings. Like, like when you have those three guys at the top of your rotation and you have one of the best bullpens in baseball led by Josh Hader and Devin Williams, that is, like that that's all you need. Luis, Luis Arias is a guy that I think can have a breakout year. William Thomas is really good. Colton Wong is another guy that we've seen. He's a dude. He can do like, it for a full guys, season. Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro had it had it had like an eight something OPS last year. Like his OPS was over 800. Like oh no, he's I a agree. good player, dude. He's a good player. I, I mean, I, I think the offense isn't quite where it was last year. Because I Hunter Renfro, I love that addition. That was really nice for the Brewers. They needed that. Who do but they at really the end of the day? At the offense? end of the day, he's a a little bit improved version of Avisal Garcia from last year. So they're really kind of just replacing. And those other guys you mentioned, I like them and we see them hitting stretches, but those are defense first guys. Those are guys you have in the field for their glove. So All I'm saying is when you go into a playoff series and you have to face Corbin Burns in game one, Brandon Woodruff in game two and Freddie Peralta in game three, good luck. I, oh, I, I'm not disagreeing with that, but my point of view is if one of those guys, even, I mean, it's possible two of those guys have like mid threes ERA or like even approaching four, like still be solid, but that's not the same. And then all of a sudden you go from the best rotation in baseball to a solid rotation, but do they need to be the best rotation in baseball to be a good team because the Cardinals are there. They have a good lineup. The Cubs are there. They're a pretty well-rounded team. I, I, I think the Brewers are the favorites. And if you could get good performances out of those three top starting pitchers, they will easily win this division. But I'm just saying there's no guarantees. That's true. There's, the ne- there's never, Woodruff and there's never guarantees. And have ERAs above seven early, early, but signs good. of what maybe could be to come. Who knows? Okay. Sammy, NOS, this is a fun NOS. division. This is, this a, is fun a fun division. division. Yeah, it's a very fun division. <laughs> Who do you think? I mean, gun to your head is winning this division. Oh, gun to my head. There's no, I mean, the Dodgers are the. That is shocking. That is shocking. The Dodgers, hot take, flaming hot take. I mean, (laughs) but I mean, seriously, it's, it's, it's just really tough, even when it comes to making a World Series pick, to mention any other team but the Dodgers. Absolutely. On paper, they've been the best team in baseball for years at this point. Well, and they keep getting better. It's unbelievable. They there is one storyline that I'm interested in because I think with the other teams, we know the Diamondbacks are going to be bad. We know the Rockies are going to be bad. We know the Dodgers are going to be good. The two teams that are interesting are the Giants and the Padres. Yes. Giants were unbelievable yes. last season. Was it a fluke year or can they do it again? They developed pitching really well. It's interesting to see how they, they're going to fare. And the Padres – They've had a lot of hype, but they haven't really been able to put it together for a full season. So I want to hear your thoughts on those two specific teams. I I don't think either of those teams are going anywhere fast. I think those are two really solid teams. I think, I mean, looking how the early early part of the season has been going, the Giants could be, I'm not going to say just as good because I don't think they're going to win over 100 games again. That was crazy. But I think they can be a mid-90s win team again. I mean, by the looks of this rotation, Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon, that could be the best one-two punch in baseball this year. 
like those are two guys who could go out and win the Cy Young award in my eyes. It's really good pitching. They have a solid guys in the back of that rotation, which is huge, which is, I was talking about the Brewers. The Brewers don't have that as much. The Giants do. Uh, Di Sclafani, who's been pretty solid. Alex Wood, I've, he's a dependable arm. I've liked him a lot. And then they have a good bullpen as well. Camilo Doval. I mean, I was watching him the other day. He is filthy. I mean, might be one of the filthiest arms in baseball. The pitching is a force to be reckoned with for the Giants and the Padres too. Uh, I feel like there was so much hype about the Padres, right? Heading into last year. And it kind of went away because it was disappointing. But I think if they can hold their own until Tatis gets back, they'll be able to finish second place in this division over the Giants. And honestly, I think they will be able to hold their own. Because, Jack, I'm thinking they have a lot of depth at shortstop right now. You have a lot of guys that they can kind of rotate through. C.J. Abrams, one of the top prospects in baseball, who they've been – he's been the number one guy at shortstop. Ha Seung Kim, who had a down year last year but was a beast in Korea. And don't forget about Jerickson Profar, who, if you need to, he was a top prospect at shortstop. He's kind of a utility man now, but you can throw him in there. Uh, They have a lot of guys that can fill in for Tatis – that can rotate in until he gets back. And if they can stay above the 500 mark, stay solid until Tatis gets back, and I think they can. This rotation is looking pretty good as well. I mean, at the end of the day, these are just two good teams. And I think the Padres I'd put above the Giants if they can buy the time until Tatis gets back. But, I mean, whew, these are – I mean, this is this is probably the best division in baseball still. I – I'd agree with that. Actually, I would not agree with that. I think the best division in baseball is the AL East. And mm-hmm. let's get into it, Sammy, right let's now. Get into it. AL East. This, my friend, is the best division in baseball. Mm, I still think it's the West, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's close. It's close. Three. I don't think it Potato, is close, Sammy. Three. I mean, four teams in this division can make an ALCS easily. Easily. You would not be surprised at all if any of these four teams make an ALCS. I'll be honest, Jack. I'd be a little surprised if the Yankees made the ALCS this year. You wouldn't. I, I you wouldn't. Sammy. They, I don't know. This, this year, I'd be surprised. I mean, they're pitching. They have the best bullpen in baseball. They have one of the best rotations in baseball. The Yankees and do not have one of the best rotations in baseball. The Yankees, just, do, they, have, they have one of the best pitchers in baseball. Cool. If, if Luis Severino can be a top pitcher in baseball like he That's was before he got if. hurt, it is a huge if. That is a I'm not giant saying it's not a huge if. Like, I mean, but, like they, they, I guess the upside, they have the upside to be one of the best in baseball, but as it is now, they're maybe like around the 10 range, which is solid. 10 I, wouldn't say, I would say I last year, they were one of the best rotations in baseball without Luis Severino. They had the third best ERA in the American league. Did they? Yes. Nestor Cortez. Nestor Cortez had like a two five ERA last year. That's in, absurd. And but Nestor- yeah, he's pitching well this year too. Yeah, like yeah, I'm the bullpen you, though, the bullpen is one of the best units in baseball. They have a lot of just filth. Now just there's a lot of hype going on with the Blue Jays. I want to say my piece. A lot of hype. They I'm lost not- Marcus Simeon, who was finished third in the MVP voting, and they lost Robbie Ray, who won the Cy Young. Yes, they added Kevin Gosman. Yes, they added Matt Chapman. But I don't know if these guys can live up to what 
Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon did last season. I think this is a good team. I think this is a playoff team. I do not see this as a World Series team, like some people are saying. Not yet. I, I, I think I agree with you. I think the hype has been a little much with the Blue Jays. Don't get me wrong, because they have a lot of guys. I think the lineup is up there. Like, you can make an argument that they're like, you know, they're probably top five. I, I, I don't even know if they're like, I think that's almost a fact that they're a top five lineup. I'd agree. I'd agree with that. But I, I, I think the rotation did take a hit. You lose Robbie Ray and Gosman, I love. Don't get me wrong. He had a great year as well. But is he going to be the same away from the Giants? That's the key. Right. That, that, that's it. And after that, you know, Barrios, who's good, but they just don't have the depth that some of these other teams have. Uh, I, I still think Jack, the class of this division. Oh, you say Kikuchi too. Kind of forgot about him. He could That's be true. Really good for the Blue Jays. But um, I, I do still think the class of this division is the Rays. Every year, I feel like we're throwing around teams. We're throwing down the Yankees, the Blue Jays, Red Sox, whatever. But I feel like every year, it's the same thing. The Rays prove to us that they are the Rays. I mean, because they're just going to keep doing what they do. It's unbelievable. And I, I think they're getting better than they even were last year. Uh, I, they didn't really lose too much. You have Wander Franco, who he he could casually just go off and win an MVP award this year. Like, that could happen. That could totally happen. Yeah. G-Man Choi. G-Man Choi, who leads MLB right now in hitting, if we're talking about OPS. G-Man Choi can – I mean, he could have a breakout year in terms of offense. You're a good defensive team. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer. Love the guy. Zunino, one of the best defensive catchers we've seen in baseball uh, over the past few years. Like this, this is just a well-rounded team. And the pitching, they have a lot of guys right now, but they're always going to have guys coming up because uh, they develop pitching like nobody's business. I And there are lots of good teams in this division, without a doubt. Could be the best division in baseball. But I, I, I think the Rays are the team to beat. Still, that's definitely not that's not a crazy take. You know, a lot it's of people crazy. think that. A lot of yeah. people think that. Let's move on now to the AL Central, where White Sox are the best team in this division, and it's not really close either. It's not very close. A team that has been better. I mean, the first like what seven games? Seven. That people thought, you know, the Guardians have not been bad. They've had some guys that are swinging a hot. I mean, if they wanted to, they could have spent some money and really been competitive this year. Jack. How about Stephen Kwan? He was like Stephen Kwan. He had a hit and like doesn't know how to swing and miss. What was it? It was like yeah, like he didn't swing and miss until like the sixth game of the year or something. I mean, he has been He's on crazy. fire. Jose Ramirez, they gave him an extension, which I don't know why they did that, but whatever. That's a topic for another day. This is a lineup that you shouldn't forget about, and obviously you got Shane Bieber. Um, Zach Plesak, who he looks a lot like his uncle, man. He looks <laughs> a lot like Dan Plesak, but whatever. Um, Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrill, who's a solid arm. Is, I mean, like they could be a team that sneaks in somehow in the AL in the playoffs. Like I, it's possible. I'm not saying I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think in this early part of the season, they're like, hey, don't forget about us. We're still here. And um, the Tigers, too. I like the Tigers. They could be fun. Torkelson has been playing well. Um, he could be a rookie of the year for in the AL for sure, right? Yeah. I don't know. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, at the end of the day, this is the White Sox division to lose. Like, they yeah. just they have a lot of guys, seriously, um, and a lot of guys who are getting better. Uh, Luis Robert, who I mean, has yet to hit his prime. He's could be one of the best players in baseball very soon. Um, you know, they did lose Rodon, of course, which could hurt them rotation wise, but they still got a good rotation. Um, yeah, there is a week. This is a weak division. Like you don't need to have class at every level of your game to win this division. You have to be solid all the way around, and the White Sox definitely are. They're a top team, and it's going to be interesting to see what kind of damage they can do in the playoffs. But let's move on now to the final division, the AL West. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting division because I look yes. at this division. I see the Mariners as a team that a lot of people are talking about. The Angels, San Syndergaard, maybe they can finally get their pitching to a point where they can sneak into the playoffs. But the class of this division is still the Astros. There's been so much hype for the other teams in this division. People are forgetting, even with the loss of Correa, this is still an elite, elite team. Oh, without question. The Astros are the best team in this division. And... I, I think the Mariners make it a little closer than it was, but I, I don't even know how close of a race it's going to be. I love the Mariners. I, I, I think they could be one of the top wildcard teams for sure, um, especially with them, some of the additions they made. Are they there yet? I'm not sure. And there's still a long way to go, obviously, but I, I love the additions they made. I do love the additions they made, Jack. Uh, Winker and Suarez from the Reds. You get um, you get Robbie Ray from the Blue Jays. I mean, they, they had one of the best off seasons in baseball. But the Astros just they're filthy all the way. They're around. filthy. And you know, uh, the Angels too. I, I mean, I, I'm interested. I, I'm not saying I'm. Uh, I don't know if I think they're gonna go out and make the playoffs. But when you have Rendon, Trout, Otani in the middle of your order. It's something something worth keeping an eye on, especially when you have guys like Jared Walsh who are contributing, Joe Adele, who I can't wait to see him hit his stride. He's a fun player. He was a fun prospect. Um, I think it'll be sooner than later where he's going to get going. But with the Angels, once again, man, I just – the pitching is not there. Lorenzen, good addition. Syndergaard, good addition. Uh, Jame Barilla, who's solid, but – they just they don't have the pitching to be able to sustain in this division. And, you know, before we uh, move on to our player and pitcher of the week, you know, this year in baseball, and I, I just this year especially, I feel like there are so many teams that can make the playoffs. The I agree, especially with the ex- yeah expanded postseason. Like, 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 how many teams can you really rule out for making the playoffs? Like, I rule out the Nationals. Pirates and Reds, Diamondbacks, Rockies, uh, Orioles, Royals, I'd rule out. Twins, maybe. Athletics. That's about it. I think all of the other teams like have an argument to be made to make the playoffs. And that's fun. So I, I'm just, I'm excited to watch. I'm very excited. I agree with that. Let's move on now to the player and pitcher of the week. I'll go first with my player. 
My player of the week, Sammy, is none other than G-Man Troy. Yeah. This man threw seven games. Yeah, let's let's clap it up a little bit. Let's clap, clap it up. up. I love G-Man Troy. Through seven games, beast. 25 plate appearances. He has two home runs, seven RBIs. He's walking 24% of the time. He's batting 526 with a 640 on base percentage, slugging 1,000, has a 364 WRC+, plus. has almost put up a full war in seven games, which is crazy. He's been very wow, good. That is crazy. He's been very good. Wow. Almost a full war. That is that is unbelievable. Yeah, he has been very good. And you know, just goes back to the Rays where they're always gonna have guys stepping up, you know, because he wasn't like he wasn't great last year. I want to say his OPS was like in the seven somewhere. He was solid, but I mean, if you could have him step up in that lineup, I mean it just becomes all the more scary. It, so I'm I I love him. He's a fun one to watch. You know who else is fun to watch? Seiya Suzuki, because that is he, my he, player. He is fun to watch. I, you know, I had to go my Cubby bias, but you can't – honestly, even if I wasn't a Cubs fan, I mean, he has been really doing well. He's hitting 368, slugging 895. Oh, my goodness. And the most impressive thing is he hasn't really seemed flustered by this American pitching. That was the big question, and it is the big question when you have guys coming over from Japan and Korea. It's, okay, they hit really well there. They had their approach in Japan, but can they translate that to big league pitching? Because it is a whole new world. Guys are – You've seen people struggle with that all the time. Yeah. You've seen people struggle. Absolutely. I mean, talk about, you know, Ha Young Kim coming from Korea. He struggled. Shogo Akiyama, he struggled a lot. Um even Yoshi Tsutsugo from the Pirates hasn't really found his footing. But Seiya Suzuki was a monster in Japan, and it's the same approach here in the United States. The patience has been there. That was his kind of trademark thing in, in Japan. He was, he was not going to swing at balls. He's going to swing at strikes. He's waiting for his pitch, and he's going to hit it hard. And he's doing the same thing so far this year. 98th percentile in chase rate. 96 percentile in walk rate. This is a guy that's coming over and seeing big league pitching for the first time. And if we're talking NL rookies, which he is technically a rookie, even though he's 27, I think he's the favorite to win rookie of the year. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd with, agree with, with you. With the poise yeah. that he's showing and the experience that he has. Um, I mean, I, and, uh, you know, for the Cubs, man, I, if he could be a big part of our lineup, that's going to help us tremendously and give us a chance to Sneak in the playoffs. I'm excited. I agree with you, Sammy. My pitcher yes. of the week is none other than Tyler Miguel. I told you he was showing up later. This man in 10.1 innings is averaging 9.58 strikeouts per nine. He's let up zero runs. His FIP is 1.2. He's He's been really good. He's been a good, good pitcher, man. Yes, and, and I, I said this earlier, but the Mets are going to need McGill to be good as long as DeGrom is hurt. And he had a, I don't think he's given up a run even since spring training, I heard, which is really impressive. And he, Yeah, he, that is impressive. He, they have a lot of confidence in him. They gave him the opening day start over some, you know, cemented guys, over Chris Bassett, over Carlos Carrasco, over maybe not fully healthy at that point, but even over Max Scherzer. Tyler McGill gets the opening day start. 
Buck Showalter has confidence in him, and he has confidence in himself. He's rolling. You know who else has confidence in himself and who is really feeling it right now? Who? My pitcher of the week, Carlos Rodon. Rodon. He has had two outings so far, and they have both been spectacular. Opening day, uh, or his opening start, I suppose, against Miami, five innings, three hits, 12 strikeouts. Jack, you heard that right. 12 strikeouts. 12 in strikeouts. Five innings. In five innings. Ridiculous stuff. And only one earned run. It was a drop third strike. So in my book, that doesn't even count as an earned run. That wasn't his fault. Catcher needs to block it. Whatever. Come on, catcher. Uh, come on, catcher. Um, <laughs> and then he, he comes out a week later, April 15th, and he does it again. Another phenomenal outing. Seven innings, two hits, nine strikeouts, and an earned run on a sack fly. So once again, it's like an earned run, not even a hit, not even really doing that much damage. And what I love this year about Carlos Rodon is the fastball. Last year, it was a good pitch. It was 95. That was his average VLO on that pitch. Guys are swinging and missing. But this year, it's a whole nother level. And it might be one of the best pitches in baseball, Rodon's fastball. The average VLO is up from 95 to 97. And this is a guy who's consistently hitting 98, 99. It's unbelievable. He, he just, he looks even better. The slider uh, hitters do not look good uh, against that slider. They're just uncomfortable up there. And I mean, I'm telling you, if Rodon can stay healthy, I think he's going to win the NL Cy Young. But wow. He, yeah. Cause he was, there was a lot of hype about him out of I college hate. from NC state. He was the third overall pick. A lot of hype and then the injuries it was really unfortunate last year he kind of had his breakout with the white Sox. he had threw the no hitter almost a perfect game and this year he's gonna be like hey i'm one of the best pitchers in baseball i'm not going anywhere and it goes back to the giants the giants have a lot of arms him and logan webb i said this already but they could be the best one-two punch in baseball but yeah rodon man he's my pitcher of the week and he is making his money's worth. Two years, forty-four million. He's getting every penny's worth for the Giants. He's been really yeah. good. Want to talk about basketball just for a little bit since it is playoff time? Let's do it. Let's do a little quick basketball segment. Let's, Let's predict it. the first round matchups. I'm going to tell you a matchup. I want to hear your prediction. Let's start off with New Orleans versus Phoenix, Sammy. All right, New Orleans versus Phoenix. I think this is the least interesting series. That is going to happen. Uh, the Pelicans, you know, they've been hot. I commend them for beating the Clippers. I commend them for getting in the playoffs through the play-in. But let's face it, they were like the ninth seed or the tenth yeah. seed in the, in the West. Like, and they're going up against the best team in basketball. I mean, this isn't going to be close. It's going to be a sweep. Get out your brooms. Four nothing. I'm sorry, Pelicans. Sorry, New Orleans. Uh, it's not your time. It is not your time. It is, in fact, not their time. Yes. So let's move on now. I'd agree with you, obviously. Suns are going to win that series. Minnesota versus Memphis. To me, this is a little closer because the Timberwolves mm-hmm. are a good team, man. They, they are. are very good teams. But yes. Yes. I just think the Grizzlies are just a little bit better, and they're going to win this series. I, I, Three I, games I, to I, one. I'll give, I'll give the – 
I'll give the Grizzlies a game or the Timberwolves a game. Let's see. I have it um Grizzlies in six. I because I really do commend I've been using that word a lot today. Uh, but I, I commend what the Timberwolves have done. You know, they're they're a young team, they play fast, they're scrappy, pretty good defensive team as well, a little bit slept on, but the Grizzlies are really good because they make you play their game. They make you play their game. They're going to slow it down. They're going to give Ja opportunities to score. Maybe every now and then they'll swing it out to Dylan Brooks, but they're going to slow it down. They're going to play defensive, um, gritty style of play. And when it comes to the playoffs, because we know how it changes come playoff time, I think the Grizzlies are built for it. And I don't know how deep of a run they're going to make this year, but first round, I think they're definitely the favorites. I have them in six. I'd agree with that. Um, Warriors-Denver. Warriors are going to win this series, man. I disagree. Really? Yeah, hot take. This is a hot take. You know, you got to live on the edge sometimes, my friend. Sometimes... In my March Madness bracket, I picked – I don't remember. The 16 seed that was playing Kansas, I picked them to beat Kansas in the first round. That's sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. I lost that one bad, but it's yeah. okay. It's okay. Sometimes you got to take risks. You got to take a loss, Sammy. You got to take a loss. Sometimes you got to take risks, and I like the Nuggets, man. I really do – Um. And I, I just – I think it's really hard to match up with Jokic. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. I just don't think that the Warriors are going to match up with him. Um, when you look at the Warriors right now – excuse me. You have James Wiseman who's out for the season. And that is huge. James Wiseman goes down, and that's a guy who I'm like, all right, maybe he's able to match up with Jokic, keep him in check a little bit. But they don't even have him – Besides that, they don't have the big guys that are going to be able to do it. Draymond Green, great defensively, but he's can't can he keep him in check? We'll see. And yeah, the Warriors have been there, done that. I love the team, but I think the matchup issues are going to be an issue. And the Nuggets have more guys than they did last year in the playoffs. Aaron Gordon, who's really good. Will Barton, who I love. The, Monte Morris, who's been having a nice little year. Michael Porter Jr., who popped off in the playoffs last year, you know? He, he did. People he are forgetting. Really yeah, he really did. People um, forget about that. People do forget about Michael Porter Jr., but I, I think the Nuggets can win this one. I have them in seven. It's going to be a close I'd agree. One. I'd agree. Let's, let's, seven, let's, but... bang out, let's bang out a couple quick here. Utah versus the Mavericks. I think the Jazz are going to win this series. I just don't think Luka Doncic in the playoffs has not been a great recipe. Well, and that's if he gets back. He's, he, yeah. he, he went down a few days ago, and that's huge. I, I think if Luka gets back in a reasonable amount of time, I think that gives the Mavericks a chance to win the series. Absolutely. But without Luka, the Mavericks just aren't the same because he opens up that offense in so many ways. I'm assuming that Luka's going to stay injured. Therefore, Jackson five. Yeah. I'd say Jazz and I'd say Jazz and five. Um, Heat, Heat versus Atlanta. Who you have in this series? Same. This is a more interesting series. The Heat have been really good. It. They've been really good. I, I I'm taking the Heat, of course, because they're yeah. the number one team. 
I do have it going to seven games, though. The Hawks in the playoffs are fun. We can't forget about what they did last year. Yeah. Trey Young is a killer. We're all Jack, what they did last Jack, year. Jack, you, you suffered that firsthand. You know, mm-hmm. he, he silenced that rowdy New York crowd last year, and he, he does that all the time. Uh, it's a very interesting series for that reason. But the Heat, I mean, they just – they're a team built for the playoffs. They really are. So I, I'm winning this series in seven games. Absolutely. Next up, we got Boston versus Brooklyn. This is a, a lot of people think the Celtics are going to win this series. I'm going to take the Nets. I'm, I'm not going to bet too. against KD. I'm not betting against KD. I'm not doing it, Sam. Don't bet against not Kevin happening. Jack. Don't bet against Kevin Durant. Not and happening. I, yeah, I, I think the Celtics, they just got flaming hot at the end of the year. And that definitely goes to their advantage. Don't get me wrong. But I think the Nets might perform best when the pressure is not on them. And I feel like the past three years, um, past two, three years, the pressure has been all on the Nets. And it's not there anymore. They're the underdog in this series. They're the seven seed facing the two seed. I, I think the pressure is on the Celtics a little more for that reason. And I, I think the Nets can use that to their advantage. I have them in, what do I have? Six. Nets in six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Sammy, we have two more games. Let's talk next about Philadelphia versus the Raptors. Who you have winning this one, my friend? This this is a tough one for me. This is going to be a good series. Um, I have the 76ers winning it, though. I, I'm similarly to what I was talking about with the I, I have I have the Raptors in seven, but Ooh. I think this similarly, could go either way. It very well could go either way. I think similarly to what I was talking about with the Nuggets, I think Embiid, especially this year, he has been ridiculous. Scoring title, right? He's the um, best player in the series. He, sure. he he's the best. I mean, he could argue he's the best player in basketball right now. Um, but he's just so hard to match up with. I mean, having that big, and you know, I'm gonna have the same conversation talking about the Bucks. Having that big who can just do it all, it makes you hard to beat in the playoffs. It really does because it, it doesn't just make give them opportunity to score, but it opens up the offense for everyone. So. I mean, I, I think Harden could go off. I think Embiid's going to go off. And the Raptors are a good defensive team. They're going to keep it close. But I think it's going to be tough for them to play 48 minutes. Sammy, I saved, this, I saved this for last on purpose because it is close to your heart. Milwaukee <sighs> oh. versus the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, Milwaukee you know, is going to crush their soul, Sammy. It's not I'm even going to be a close series. I'm a little scared of that. And, man, I, I miss those days back in January when the Bulls were the top of the East. They were one of the best defensive teams, one of the best offensive teams. They were just having a great old time. It, those days are gone, my friend. Alonzo Ball has been hurt. Caruso's had his, you know, his fair share of injuries. And they just have not been able to find that rhythm. I mean, they're probably the coldest team heading into these playoffs. That's not where you want to be. And I think they really got unlucky. The Bucks are the I I would I'd much I'd rather play any other team in the playoffs, maybe yeah. except for Phoenix, than the Bucks. Yeah, like you do. they're just they're poised, they're well coached. They have Giannis. 
They also have other guys who can do it in the playoffs. Who they, I mean, they're the defending champs, for God's sakes. I, I'm going to give the Bulls a game because I love them, and I think they're, I, I, they're, they're a good team. But I think this past few months for the Bulls has shown us that it's not their time yet. They still are a few pieces away from being a true, true contender. But, you sure, know, I, as, sure. as a Bulls fan, in my heart, I have hope. I hope for this series. I think I think what they really need to do, if they could get Giannis to the line a lot, as opposed to letting him just – I know this kind of sounds backwards, but if they could get him to the line as opposed to letting him just drive the lane every time, that's where they give themselves a chance because we know Giannis is a free-throw shooter. Better this year, but still no guarantees. So. Still no guarantees. And, Sammy, what a fantastic episode back. Just a great time. I enjoyed talking sports yeah. with you. Any last words before we go? No. I, I Another fun episode, as always. But um, Another fun episode, as always. Yes. Yes. But, yeah, a fun one. Hope you guys liked it. That's all I got to say. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Woo. Glad to be back. I don't have much to say either. Fun episode as always. And we will see you guys next time on the next episode of Chatter from Cheap Seats. Sammy, take us out. Bye.